welcome to this week's episode of the Everybody Fits podcast. Unfortunately, you just stuck with me, Amy, as Kim had her little boy starting secondary school today. But, you know, on the other side of it, we've got a brilliant guest today because we have the lovely Lauren on with us. Hi, Lauren. Hello. <laughs> so do you I'll just let you introduce yourself and say a little bit about you because I know you've got quite an interesting journey and interesting story and I think uh, today is a choice day to be discussing your your journey after what you've told me before we started recording this podcast so I'll let you go <laughs> that's cool um yeah uh, my journey with fitnessy stuff I guess it's, yeah anything yeah. you yeah okay well I guess I grew up having absolutely no interest in fitness whatsoever um I was relatively average at school at most things but I was bad at sport um which is re- very funny because of what I do now um I think I had one detention at school and it was because I was found eating ice cream uh during sports day um <laughs> or as house matches, I can't remember. But anyway, I hated it. It was a source of great pain, which I think it is for um, many people, um, which is really sad. Um, Anyway, I guess I sort of, I started exercising when I was mid-teens. Like at home, I started doing quite brutal home workouts. Um, I remember I did Gillian Michaels and Insanity, which I still have a bit like I would do it now. I still have a there's a Sean T has a place in my heart. Um, He's a he's a good bloke. He's got good energy. I wonder what he's doing now. Um, Anyway. Yeah. So I started doing those and it was primarily unfortunately because I had developed an eating disorder at the time. Um, And so that was kind of my entry into exercise. (laughs) was just um, a way of I suppose burning the most amount of energy that I could in a day and I uh, I ran a lot which is and I'm sure lots of people have similar relationship to running um, I ran because my Fitbit told me it burned the most amount of energy in an hour so that's what I did um, and obviously I wasn't fueling myself so running was very difficult and it hurt so I really hated it um and then I thankfully recovered from my my eating disorder I've been fully recovered for well over a decade now um and I decided that I wanted to become a nutritionist um I had previously been an opera singer that's another thing Um, (laughs) and then I decided that it was something that singing was something I was good at rather than something that I actually enjoyed And I'd always been very interested in um, helping people. And yeah, I'm really interested in people. That's a weird thing to say, but I am. And um, so I wanted to become a nutritionist. And I realized I'd have to go back to uni and crap, I'd already done a degree. So that was going to be expensive. And I thought, well, hey, I'll become a personal trainer and then I can earn money maybe while I become a nutritionist. And uh, I got stuck because, in my opinion, being a personal trainer is way more fun Um, because you get to work one-on-one with people with far less paperwork. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I suppose 
in my early 20s, when I was qualified to be a PT, I've been a PT for, uh, I think I qualified at 2022 or something, around then. I think I was 20, I'm 31 now, um, so it's been a while. And uh, I discovered weightlifting in my early 20s. And that was a really, really helpful thing, especially when I was recovering from my eating disorder, because I started um, focusing on a different kind of, I guess I started focusing more on performance firstly, rather than appearance. And um, I shifted the my focus from how much I weighed to how much the thing that I was lifting weighed, which mm-hmm was also pretty neurotic and had its own problems, but it was a step. <laughs> so it was it was definitely a more positive uh, step than what I'd been doing before. So, um, and I really loved it. And then I fell in love with personal training. I loved watching other people um, get into exercise and I actually really started to love exercise as well. Um, so yeah, that's um, that was sort of comprised the start of my career Mm -hmm. and then when I in 2018 when I was 27 or just before I was 27 I think I was 26 and I randomly was driving home one day from work and I got home and I felt a bit funny and I had a seizure and went to the hospital and they said hey actually 60% of people have seizures and never have another one um so that'll probably be you you should just try and maybe be a little bit less stressed and stop working so much because at the time I was doing what a lot of PTs do and absolutely bollocking myself into the ground (laughs) with very long hours uh yeah basically that's what I was doing um so anyway I decided to take I should probably take a week off after having a seizure so I did that Um, but I still kept doing loads of stuff and I seem to remember a week later I went to an aerial hoop class with my friend and I got quite drunk afterwards with Prosecco went home felt funny again had another seizure Um, fast forward a lot of uh, medical stuff later and they discovered that I had a brain tumor Um, and they didn't know what it was they still don't Um, and I started to go on medication to cope with my seizures, which it did, thankfully. And um, they worked very, very well. But I had to basically stop working for six months um, entirely while I was sort of, I spent a long time, I couldn't get off the sofa even because um, I really struggled adjusting to the medication. Um, and I completely lost my fitness. Um, and when I started coming back, I realized I didn't care about weightlifting anymore. And I wanted to do things. I think when something like that happens in life, it does shake you, obviously. And um, I really just wanted to make everything that I did um, the most fun it possibly could be. But I had to love it. So I started, I remember I started training with my mentor, Ollie, um, Turn the Corner HP on Instagram. I think you know him anyway, Amy, um, who is a very good friend of mine and just the loveliest dude and he's incredible at what he does. Um, And he helped me build my fitness back up to go back to aerial hoop, which is something I'd started to get into. 
um, and also horse riding, which is, uh, I mean, now effectively has become my personality. Um, so yeah, I was working with him and I started building up the business again and then COVID hit and <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, that's and, funny. and we all had our heads spun and everyone yeah. changed. Yeah, yeah. Um, interestingly, that January to um, March of 2020, I'd started working in a um, in a fitness first in Clapham Junction, and I hated it. I woke up every day with like this pit in my stomach because I hate gyms. Um, it's sort of developed to a point in my life where I think. I feel quite disillusioned with certain with many parts of the fitness industry and it just depressed me to the nth degree to walk into that place and see it see it every day um and feel really helpless and yeah it felt really rubbish so um I'm not saying that Covid was good obviously I'm not saying that but <laughs> It had its positives. It had its positives. Well, it did for me. I think that's yeah. what I want to. I want to say. I'm not uh, obviously. It's, it's been a dreadful on a global scale. But um, I took my business online, and for whatever reason, it just worked. I love it. I have found that my clients that I see who are around the globe. I'm so fortunate to work with people who are in Australia. Uh, America, Canada, across Europe, um, and they have such a variety of different things that they want to do. Um, so my training has become so much more about um, getting people to do things that they really love. So it will be like my client who has two kids that wanted to go surfing with them, and she wanted exercises to help her be able to get onto a surfboard and be able to stand up. Or, yeah. um, you know, my client who started bouldering and loved that and wanted to be able to do exercises that got her, increased her performance at that. Or my client that was running all the way through lockdown and wanted to be able to feel really good doing that. So it's become so much more about um, performance mm -hmm. um, and that, that, the really exciting things, as opposed to what it was before when I worked in gyms, which people would generally hire me to try and make the gym experience more bearable. Yeah. And to me, it's like, well, why the bloody hell are we spending so much time and effort trying to make a place bearable that we categorically don't need to go to anyway? When mm -hmm. there's, you know, if you bloody hate it, you don't have to go. There's so there's literally so many avenues that you can pursue. Um, so yeah, that's basically it. I've been working online and um, yeah. That, that's that's it that's that's the journey that's the journey I always feel like I'm in an x-factor audition when I talk about journeys but you have had a really I, I mean it's been a, a mountain literally <laughs> that you that you've climbed and I think you're right in what you're saying you you do cheat when you say you know you lost the love for weightlifting and you wanted to find mm. something new I think that people look at exercise very narrowly because the fitness industry does say that there is a way to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, I went back to the gym today for the first time um, because for me, 
now that I have a little one and I live at home and work at home and, and I'm parenting at home and mm. my, my husband works long hours to have even just once a week somewhere that I can go and train and be in a different environment mm. it, it's great for my sanity but I actually today went to a spin class and at the start of the class it reminded me of everything that I hate about a structured <laughs> structured class because the instructor said um now you just follow me and you work to my level and you will get results and I was like that is mm. everything that is wrong with me and I appreciate that that is what he's been told like this mm -hmm. is the way that he should train people but we should be training people to for their body to be able to do things that they want them to do and to to yeah to get stronger but it doesn't just have to be about strength or about you know fitness like how fast they can run how far they... mm -hmm. it can literally be because they want to find it easier to pick up their child or to to walk go for a walk and and be able to feel comfortable when they're walking or if they want to get into a new sport like you're saying about your client that wants to get onto a surfboard it doesn't just have to be about the the muscle or about mm. about the cardio or um and I think a lot of people do think I should go to the gym because that is the place to exercise mm. and there are so many other we forget that hobbies are exercise <laughs> like yeah. like like the fact that you horse ride and people will go but that's just a hobby but it's like horse riding is like so much like you the strength you've got to have for horse riding is insane and I've done it once in my life and I had so much had so much fun but I I was so sore after you do most yeah. people have um most people have a terrible experience getting into horse riding because oh. it's painful and scary um and, I think yeah yeah, I think I had a, a very different experience than the majority of people because at the time we were traveling and I was in Russia in this like oh, wow. And this spot we felt like we were in Narnia. Like that yeah. is literally how it felt. It was incredible. And I've always said I'd love to do it again. Um mm. but it's right now it's finding time, Lauren. It's finding time. Oh God. I mean it's a it's not an easy thing to get. I don't personally and there's many benefits of horse riding obviously it's my it is my favorite thing to do in the entire world um but I understand that it is incredibly difficult to get into because it is such an alien thing to do yeah um you know and it's quite strange that I love it so much because I am such a wimp I am terrified of anything where I have to balance on my feet so you'd never catch me ice skating rollerblading skiing snowboarding most actually most things I really don't enjoy um but for some reason if you stick me on a half ton animal that I basically have no control of I'm like yeah sure yeah daredevil <laughs> why not I don't um, I don't I don't think you could ever describe yourself as a wimp at oh all. no I am oh believe me I really really am um I'm yeah I'm quite feeble and I don't I'm better now I think um 
aerial hoop and horse riding are two things that massively challenged me because aerial hoop, even sitting in it hurts. Like even sitting in it hurts. Like the, the hoop is made of iron or some kind of metal. So it just cuts into your skin basically. Um, and you're sort of spinning around it and you're like, okay, there's a crash mat there, but you're like, bloody hell, this is still can go badly yeah. wrong. So that was a real, um, that was a really good thing for me to do. Uh, bouldering I did for a while as well, because my husband's brilliant at it. Um, my husband's the polar opposite to me. He's unbelievably athletic and good at all sports. Um, <laughs> and uh yeah, I tried to get into that for him. I have a bit of a, as I said, bit of a fear of falling. But um, yeah, trying to overcome fears has been something that's been massively beneficial uh, for me personally in the last few years. Well, yeah, I can imagine with everything you've had going on medically, it's, yeah. it, it, it's played hand in hand. And you've talked a lot about on social media how actually the brain tumor changed your attitude towards Mm. exercise and how did you find it when you were first diagnosed obviously I'm assuming the meds didn't hit straight away stop your training when you had to stop training did you Mm -hmm. find did you find that difficult sort of mentally or were you just too no I was too ill yeah Uh, and to be honest at that time I wasn't I didn't I was at a place where I really had um you know pretty positive relationship with my body and exercise um so I was at a place where actually I I had already I was horse riding at the time and I'd already started falling out of love with weights because I'd go to train in the gym and I'd be like oh screw it I just yeah. I don't go like there was there was nothing there for me anymore I didn't care about lifting anything that was heavier I had no tie to it there was nothing that I wanted from it mm-hmm. um so I no, I didn't to be honest I didn't care that much when I couldn't try there were just more important things um mm. which is nice I'm glad that my mind didn't care because I know that it is it's a big struggle when people get um ill um not necessarily have a brain tumor but, you know, if they get a cold or a virus or, you know, have to dial stuff back and, you know, especially in the last two years when people have gotten COVID yeah. um, or maybe even long COVID, you know, a couple of my friends um, and clients have really struggled with long COVID and it's been a sort of recovery for them and very frustrating recovery for them um, in terms of getting back into exercise. Uh, I do work with a lot of people, a lot of my clients, uh, are either managing chronic conditions or um, are wanting to overcome an injury so that they can get back to doing the thing that they love, right? Um, and that is definitely something that comes up time and time again of, um, you know, feeling feeling some sort of guilt or like it reflects on them as a person morally mm-hmm. if they aren't engaging in a certain level of activity. Um and I think, I think it comes, well, I think where that comes from is individual. Of course, there is that underlying uh, messaging within the fitness industry that does lend itself towards that kind of thinking. Um, but I also do think 
a lot of my clients have very high standards and they have high expectations of themselves. And we all, you know, if we like being able to exercise a certain way and it makes us feel really good, it makes us more confident, we feel more capable and powerful, whatever. Um, and suddenly that's taken away. That's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't necessarily when I first got ill, I didn't find not exercising hard. But then obviously after six months, my body went through a lot of changes. I gained 10 kilos. I had lost a lot of muscle tissue uh, because I literally had sat down for six months. Mm -hmm. I I remember the Christmas of um, 2018, I went for a 30 minute walk um, with my parents and that was a huge deal. And I had to lie down for the rest of the day. So um, it's it's really weird thinking back at that and thinking what I do now, because I'm probably the fittest I've ever been in my life now. Um, yeah. And that is, that's mad. But I, it's, I think the problem is we also, because we're people, we always expect things to get incrementally better, regardless of what we're trying to achieve um, in any aspect of life, be it, I don't know, feeling like you're being a better parent or partner or um, getting fitter or or trying to get promotions at work you know we kind of expect this relatively linear climb (laughs) when in in all aspects of life that just isn't remotely realistic Um, and I think exercise is just another one of those things that um, it's it goes up and down it's not a linear arc Um, and being able to manage that and be compassionate to yourself when um, when you're unable for whatever reason to do what you may have been able to do in the past, that's where the magic is. If you if if you can kind of build um, compassion towards yourself in those moments, that's when I think um, you're really winning. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree, and I think you're completely right. So many of my clients and and I'm sure you'll have had clients like this before will talk about how they're not doing enough and they should be doing more Mm. and they should be they should be doing better and gradually what I see is the longer we work together the more that they get an attitude of well actually I'm I'm learning to work with my body and I'm learning to listen to Mm. to to my own needs and outside of the sessions if they've got time to to do other workouts then great and if they don't Mm. then that's okay too and there's times when so it's just been the six weeks holidays and a lot of my clients have had to take time off some of them have have taken the entire summer off and that's fine and they they can now accept that 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 is just life They, they can't be a parent and have to take care of two three kids that are off school and take time out for themselves every every single week because they don't have any other childcare. Mm. And yes, it's a bit rubbish because more than anything, they don't get time for themselves. But now the kids are back at school and they know they've got that time. And other clients similarly you have had injuries or they've been ill and, and they've taken I had clients who during COVID 
a lot of them switched from face to face to online Mm-hmm. but some of them just didn't like the online aspect of it because a lot of it is that social interaction and being mm. in a room with somebody and after two years they came back and right. that that was that was absolutely fine so th- for, for me and for them they accepted that yeah okay I'm not going to be where I was when I left pre-covid but and I say two years because when we came out of COVID, I went on maternity mm. leave and had, yes. had, yes. had a few months off. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I just birthed a child, that, mm. that awkward thing. Um, and I think that, yeah, it is just acknowledging that things ebb and flow and, and we're, we're going to change as, as life goes on. Um, mm. And you've had probably one of the, the biggest experiences of that of anybody. <laughs> but, well, that you know of. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, um, other people might have had something similar, you know. Everyone's got something worse. You can never win. It's like it's trying to win the who's got it worse Olympics. It doesn't, no one, at the end, no one wins. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think as um, of us, we would probably say, but you know, it's not that bad. It's not that, most people will say that. But I think sometimes you're allowed to acknowledge that things are shit. And you're of course, a, I yeah. certainly do. I certainly acknowledge that things are shit. And um, obviously, as I mentioned before, we we came on. Um, I'm, you know, my tumor's just changed, so I'm very aware of the fact that I am likely to be having brain surgery um, in the near future. Um, because of where my tumor is, it um, affects my motor cortex. So it specifically affects my left hand. So when I have seizures, they start in my left hand and then it travels. Um, so when they either take a biopsy or they take it out fully, I am to some degree going to lose sensation in my left hand and my, possibly my left arm as well. Um, whether that is full paralysis they can't possibly know um so that that it's funny because I'm a lot more optimistic about that aspect than I think the oncologists were expecting um because because of my job and my particular interests in um I love um, reading into the literature around pain and neurology and psychology. Um, so I have a little bit of a head start on how I might manage that. And then also I've name dropping again. Um, Ollie is my mentor is possibly the best person in the country for helping people get out of difficult hurdles and getting them back towards the thing that they want to be able to do and uh, he's had extraordinary um success with being able to help people walk again and you know lead independent lives um again after having really really severe um, conditions uh, so i have quite a bit more hope than i think a lot of people might i've been luck- so lucky in that respect that i, I you know i have I have that knowledge and I, I've already seen quite amazing things and what how incredible personal training really can be. 
um, which I think you don't necessarily see online. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's 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 so difficult to. I don't know that you found this. You can't. It's almost impossible to make content that actually shows what you do with someone, um, because anything that you make online is generalized and what you do as a personal trainer is completely individual yeah and it's very, <laughs> it's very hard because sometimes I, I find there are so many things that I want to say but nobody wants to just sit and watch a video of me talk, talking like you've got to make a reel and it's got to look cool and interesting yeah it's got to be a maximum of seven seconds because apparently yeah. how long um how long people's attention span is now which I fervently do not believe but there you go uh well I you say that but now with TikTok and all that kind like oh I, I, I refuse oh. to do TikTok I I, I truly know. believe I truly believe TikTok is Dante's circle of hell so um, I I do not have it I do not know how to deal with it <laughs> And my husband will sit on a night scrolling through and I'm like, how are you, like, the only time that I will accept a video of TikTok that he sends me is if it's a Harry Potter or a cat video. Okay, those are your parameters, got it. Then then I'm on board, then I'm on board. But And then the fitness industry on TikTok, it's just, it's insane I've heard so many PTs talk about it and I'm like yeah. I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole because it will just drive me insane mm. and but the videos that you post are very engaging and I know you you've started to collaborate each Friday with Amy I know all the Amy's <laughs> all the Amy's I'm just saying <laughs> um and you I don't want to say you debunk things because it's not just debunking mm. things you talk a lot about um generalized fitness rules shall we say mm-hmm. like things like form and mm-hmm. um technique and mm-hmm. and you you do research a lot of things because I mean you're the one that that put me on to to doing training with faster function yeah. and, and John and um, and yeah thanks for that bio mechanics I'll just smile <laughs> <laughs> but you you do really seem to love that research aspect of it um yeah that's funny I I do and I don't like so you if you you know you, you do education with faster you learn to research for specific problems that clients have so if a client has a question you know for me to be able to provide a uh a program that's actually going to be relevant to them I have to damn well sure I know exactly what I'm saying is evidence-based to the best of my ability um I wouldn't say I love reading research that'd be an absolute fucking lie um I get I'm not academic you know I was a I was an arts kid I still am an arts kid um you know, I got a U in my maths GCSE mock. I think I got D's in my science. Um, actually, it's, it's tangent, but um, I'm going to say it because it's my proudest achievement. I fancied my maths teacher so much that I turned that U into an A. 
Um, and it genuinely is my proudest achievement to date, which I'm not sure <laughs> what says about the achievements of my life, but there we go. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, not an academic, but um, I think, you know, you start chipping away and at first it is so overwhelming and you're reading a paper and you're like, I don't understand any of this. You know, mm. I don't understand statistics or what a p-value is or what st statistically significant means or there's, when I first started reading research, I was literally Googling like every third word because yeah. I just never, I'd never heard of any like that before and it's it's like learning a different language and you you feel really stupid um but it's a bit like starting a new exercise really because mm -hmm. you feel like you're the awkward one that everyone's looking at um but then you know you just you keep chipping away because again the clients are more important than me feeling like a bit awkward you know what I yeah. mean because I care about getting them the answer more than I care about if I feel a little bit uncomfortable that I'm not as clever as I thought I was uh, so um you know I and I'm by no means an expert now at all and you know I still do education through faster so I do have access to um to John who runs faster and he you know is an absolute genius so uh but it it does like anything you keep cracking at it and you do get better mm -hmm. but yeah. I think I think what you're saying there as well though about it's when you care about your clients mm. because there are so many PCs that won't do the extra like go that extra mile or mm. not even about going the extra mile about trying to find something that fits for their client rather than the client mm. fitting into the program Mm, yes the client is incorrect because they are not fitting into a perceived way of doing things yeah that's something that I I've done loads of fitness courses before I um found faster uh one of which was he's relatively well known in the industry he's Mike Boyle's func certified functional strength coach it was the essence the strength and conditioning qualification that I did um no longer qualified now because you have to redo it every two years which is so funny because he doesn't change the information so it's like the biggest con and it's literally you know it just talks about peace like it's not personal training it's mm -hmm. like okay here's a person you're going to give them an overhead press and you're going to get them to pull things you're going to get them to carry things in this ratio and then they have to be able to squat in this way lunge in this way run in this way um and it's just oh and foam roll you have to foam roll and for some reason use bands to activate your muscles um you know and I did all of that stuff with my clients back in the day like I used to foam roll for five ten minutes at the start of the session we'd activate our glutes with bands regardless of what we were doing for the rest of the session yeah. um and you know when I found faster they completely rocked my universe because everything that I'd been taught to be true from people that had PhDs and had 30 40 years experience within the industry and they had all this bloody call to authority clout um was just not backed by a shred of evidence mm -hmm. absolutely extraordinary um and so 
yeah I, it's funny because it, everything changed so fast and I forget that that's what I used to do and it couldn't be yeah. any different to what I do now and I think like it'll be the same with a lot of trainers who are like-minded like us I, I remember one of one of the first things I was taught and this was by the guy who was assessing me was yeah. that to do a squat you should be able to stand against the wall and squat all the way down mm. without your face or your knees touching the wall as you squat it down and come all the way back up because your knees shouldn't come forward you shouldn't cool. have a lean forward you cool. shouldn't yeah because that is exactly how everybody's body works mm. there was no room for change no room and that is what I took into my first year two years yeah 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 because, because why it, wouldn't you yeah and now I look at some of my <laughs> clients and I think there is no way that you could not have that tilt you could not let your knees come forward because it wouldn't be comfortable for you and and why would we not be looking at different bodies rather than forcing everybody a six a six foot four with you know legs up to their armpits can't squat in exactly the same way as someone who is four foot with a really long torso and short legs mm. and limbs are different and people are different and different so yeah it's it's just baffling that we are all yeah taught that we're a ticky box yeah even beyond that like you know yeah sure people squat differently they everyone moves differently we all have different biomechanics and stuff and different yeah. skill levels and you know so many different things that are going to impact how we move right but even beyond that why is why are we making all our clients squat yeah a squat for what and it comes back to your point earlier when you were talking about um strength um in relation to going to the gym and I think a really good question that I do ask all my clients is you know cause qu quite often in consultation I go well I want to be stronger mm -hmm. what's what strength what does that mean yeah. to you um what for what yeah what's it what's it what's it look like what what's it going to give you um yeah. And, you know, does, is a squat an appropriate exercise that's going to help you do that? If you're a runner, no, it's not. If you're yeah. a horse rider, no, not really, to be honest. And that is kind of a squat. Maybe some squat variations, but is a barbell squat going to help me? No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's it's. It's applying, applying the logic, really, <laughs> isn't it? Just applying the logic. I know it's it's funny I've got um I've got a client who absolutely hates squats with a passion absolutely mm -hmm. hates them and occasionally we will throw a squat into a workout because mm -hmm. you know she wants she her, her aim is generally overall she just she likes to do mm. a bit of everything but if we throw a squat in we will do one set <laughs> But and sometimes she's, she's quite happy with like yeah. one set of doing it. Yeah. And she enjoys that it gets her out of her comfort zone. Mm. But if I was to make her squat every single week, she would mm. absolutely hate it. And she knows it would. And we've played around with different styles, yeah. different yeah. varied it up and different whether we're using like an exercise ball or whether we're doing body weights or with kettlebells or dumbbells or but and it's about trying to find the right one that fits for her. 
and in mm. reality she just isn't a fa- unless we're doing something internal and we're doing it body weight that's that's the only way that she'll enjoy it and we've found that and we're happy and we'll stick with it mm. whereas I've got another client who literally gets excited as soon as I say the word squat mm. like and she has said from day one I, I hate doing anything with my upper body and she used that as a blanket statement now what we've actually done is now she's tried lots of different exercises and we're finding what she really doesn't like is working shoulders other Mm -hmm. other parts of her body and it's about adapting and learning and and working with your clients which is why I think okay blanket programs great they work for some people but as a personal trainer I can't class myself as a personal trainer if I give every single one of my clients the same exercises and the same no of course and and that's I I find that um interesting when there are trainers Mm. who do a six-week program and every Mm. single client will do the same six-week program and and the aim for them to move and look and work in exactly the Mm. same way as every other client um so the fact that you are putting that information out there and and telling people that they don't have to do things in a certain way or move a certain way or look mm-hmm. a certain way. And this, my favourite ones are always, exercise will not heal you because that is a big one. Exercise will fix your pain. It will fix your back, mm. your knee pain. Your, mm. and you, you, you talk about that quite quite often as well because I think that, yes. is, that is a very common misconception. Well, that's uh, that's a big one isn't it because I suppose exercise can have fantastic um have a fantastic impact on people's pain um depending on the condition and the person and what they want to do mm-hmm. um I think regardless of uh if you have a chronic pain condition or an injury being sedentary is going to make it worse so to some degree, exercise will help you. But what I get frustrated with is when trainers suggest that um, they, it is certain exercises that w- will fix the problem um, of, I don't know, if you've got a grumpy knee, you need to do these five exercises to fix your knee pain. It's like, well, why does the knee hurt? What's the problem? That if you don't have a diagnosis, you shouldn't be recommending something to this person. Um, and PTs can't diagnose. Number two, what does the person want to do? Is this remotely relevant to them? Um, yeah, and that's those questions are, ne- don't, are generally not asked. Mm-hmm. And that's quite, that's just an enormous problem. But uh, yeah, I think I, I'm not, I certainly hope that it's never come across that I'm saying that exercise isn't good in the management of pain. No, no, not at all. That was was what I meant in in relative terms, the fact that because I've often had, again, as I'm sure you will have had clients come to me and say, I want to strengthen this area because I I get discomfort from it. And what is is the best way to do that? And I'm like, Mm. well you can't necessarily like you can't guarantee that the pain that you're experiencing mm-hmm. in in your hip is 
from your hip maybe it's something else that is impacting your hip like at the at the minute well, I think with clients more with that, that kind of scenario it's a case of asking well why do you think that weakness is the problem yeah you know again again until you have a diagnosis or an all clear from a doctor or physio because they're the only people that can diagnose in the UK um you can't do anything with that person you're just stabbing you're just guessing in the dark and then if it does if they do get an all clear that's when you can start looking okay well what are the person's goals because that's the big problem right with pain and injury is people just focus on the pain or the injury instead of Mm -hmm. seeing it for what it is which is a hurdle in the way of someone achieving the things that they want to be able to do yeah and so I think the most important question when you're talking about pain and injury is uh, what would you do in your life? How would your life be different if this issue was not affecting you in any way? What would yeah. you do in a fitness sense? Would you try new activities? Would you do more of an activity? And how would it affect you in a non-fitness sense? Your relationships, your personal life, how you acted on a day-to-day basis. And I think if you can get those things, that's where you can start building a program for someone that can help either manage whatever condition they have in the best way possible or help them recover from whatever injury they have entirely that's the hope but it's a hurdle it's not a goal and that's the big problem is that in the fitness industry it's treated like a goal yeah it's it's the be all and end all yeah it's the same with weight loss it's like you know weight loss isn't a goal it's what the person wants out of the body change you know that's the thing to focus on it's you know we're not surgeons so we can't really make people lose weight (laughs) yeah we're not we're not magic we're not yeah yeah Yeah. but it I do always when going back to the the pain thing when people tend to come and say anything about that exactly what you said my first part of call is well other than why they want to change why they want to Mm -hmm why it is weak or why they want to get stronger do you know what the problem is have you been to see a doctor have you been Mm. to see a physio because I can't diagnose it I can't I can't tell Mm. you what the issue is and I've spoken before about a client who came to me constantly about a bad back and it took me over a year to convince her to go and see someone she went to see an osteopath she came back the next week and she said it's the carpal tunnel that was in my wrist from when I was pregnant with my daughter seven years ago mm. that's been affecting her back because it was going from her wrist into her shoulder down her back but the the pain was stopping her from sleeping it would jar every now and mm-hmm. again and she wouldn't be able to move so she couldn't go out for walks she couldn't do things with her kids and it's that kind of impact that it's, it's like, don't look to a personal trainer to fix something, find out what the issue is mm-hmm. and understand it. And maybe it can be alleviated. Maybe it can be fixed by somebody else, but don't expect exercise to be the fix for the physical problem. Exercise can help with alleviating things and exercise can make you feel good but it's not necessarily the answer and what is the answer that you're really looking for sorry I've just gone I've just 
pretty much gone in a very long roundabout roundabout way with that one. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I quite agree with your point, but I, uh, because exercise can be the key to managing getting someone to where they want to be. Um, I and- agree, but it's more from my point of view the um them expecting you to have the answer yes of course yes yes we're not genies but yeah as you said you were mentioning that person wanted to um you know do be able to do certain things with their kids so that's where the focus would be as a personal trainer because the chances are if it's generalized lower back pain if they which in like 95 percent i pulled that number out my ass um a huge number of percentage of cases because it's different percentages across um different literature depending where you read but it's a huge majority of cases get better on their own within six months without any intervention yeah so and that's that's the thing but if you can focus on the things that people actually want to do because of the enormous social uh sociological environmental and psychological impacts um different contributors to pain and mm-hmm. um, you can change someone's experience um yeah. by getting them to feel more capable through movement um and that can completely alter someone's pain experience oh yeah Mass- massively well th- with her in particular so i'm talking about one, mm-hmm. yeah. one particular person this was pain she'd been experiencing for seven years mm. so to then like go to a trainer and I find in that situation I find it um I don't want to say bizarre but it's just such a big thing to go to a personal trainer rather mm-hmm. than to go to a health professional um I think it's fantastic though like it, if it, um you know because when it comes to like if generalized kind of pain problems like that um in biomedical people can't necessarily do that much for you and I'm not saying that trainers can a lot of the time we can make it worse but (laughs) they can give you a little bit more confidence as well I think confidence is a big thing in that situation if you can if you can feel more capable and confident getting out to do the things that you want to do again that has massive massive implication on pain yeah um which is fascinating to me that's why I love read that's why I love reading so much about it and you could probably tell me a million other other things about it as well I mean I could just let you talk all day about it but I'm very aware that um we are on a timer I know you've got to get back to work so I just want to say a huge thank you it's been a really no probs fascinating chat and we'll have to have you back on again when Kim sure. can your brain about everything as well yeah sure but I hope everything goes well for you oh thank you Melissa. thinking of you thank and you and take care we'll speak to I you I will soon. yeah Thanks speak to you soon bye